Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Preston Super Show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being here. As always, I'm ready for a good episode. And today we're doing what I what I love to do best, break down football. A lot of people don't have a big appetite for football. I don't understand that. For me, I love the game of football. It's tough with Tuesday or Wednesday. There's no game. There should be some type of college game on Tuesday or Wednesday. Whatever. We're talking NFL today. And then we give you the rundown for every game. We're going to discuss it. We're going to, you know, just go in a little bit of detail about the games that matter. Games that don't matter, you'll understand uh, why we don't really go over those too much. But the first game's tonight. There's only one game tonight. Jacksonville Jaguars versus Cincinnati Bengals. And this one should be pretty clear. You have Jacksonville Jaguars team. They can score points, but they're not a good team. Um, they're they're not a good team on offense. They're not a good team on defense. Um, there's a case to be made that their special teams is okay, but their kicker, Josh Lambeau, has shown that he's not very consistent so far this year, coming into week four. Cincinnati Bengals are not rolling, but... Joe Burrow is definitely a second-half quarterback. Like, in the first half is where his struggles come into play, is where he's working things out. But he's finishing strong, coming off a win, and at home, pretty good, raucous Cincinnati Bengals crowd. So they have that going for him. Joe Mixon running the ball. Uh, so he's going to do his thing against the Jacksonville defense. It just doesn't really stop anybody. They don't really slow anybody down. I think that's the problem with Jacksonville right now. They're just not able to stop anybody. Uh, they really need a miracle to win this game. It's always possible. These guys are professionals. That's why they play the games. Um, I just think that you just have two very different style teams. But I know why they made this game. I understand why they scheduled this game. Because you want to see Trevor Lawrence. Here's the new quarterback in the NFL. The number one guy coming out of college. And then you got Joe Burrow. Uh, also, you know, number one guy coming out of college. And it was just one of the, one of those situations where uh, number one QB coming out of college. Joe Burrow, number one QB coming out of uh, college the next year. Uh, or two years later, Trevor Lawrence. And I think you have a real 
test in front of Trevor Lawrence in this game because Cincinnati Bengals defense could get pressure on the quarterback. Um, their Achilles heel is going to be in that secondary. That's where Lawrence can move the ball. I'm expecting points tonight. You know, this is a great time to play a total when it's 46. You, you know, uh, I'm looking at over 45 and a half. I'm looking at, for them to hit that 46 number. Uh, I, I think that's a great place to be tonight on the line. And you can go through the weapons the Bengals have. They have a lot of weapons. They have a lot of talent uh, on their offense. And you're going to see a lot of that play out tonight. Now, I think what we're looking for in this game is a little bit of decisiveness from Burrow early on to get that Bengals team going, make this game interesting and exciting. And then you want to see Trevor Lawrence come out and do what he knows he can do, and that's spread that football around. You know, obviously the run game's not where you want it to be with Jim Robinson, and that's sad, but we kind of knew that coming in. The offensive line's not holding up very well either. That's something no one's really talking about. Uh, but they have weapons. You know, DJ Shark is a is a talented receiver. He doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's talented. And I think uh, Trevor will will link up with him a few times tonight. And then on the other side of that, you got Jamar Chase, who's leading the Bengals in, in receiving right now. And then you have also D. Higgins. Um, and just some talented guys out there that are looking to make plays uh, for this Bengals, this Bengals team. And this is a, a situation for the Bengals where you've played three games. You ne- you didn't really look great in all three of these games, but you're two and one. Now you have an opportunity to go three and one. So I do, I don't think the Bengals take a foot off, like a foot off the gas or anything like that. I think their foot's on the accelerator tonight. And I think the Bengals are playing catch up most of the night. They're looking to try to cover that plus seven and a half for you. I don't know if they'll be able to cover that. I do think there'll be a lot of points. Um, I, I, I see that because Jacksonville's defense is not good and because the Bengals' defense has areas where they're not that good either. So there's definitely going to be opportunities tonight. But I am, right now, on just picking winners, um, 31 and 16. So 31 times I've picked the right winner and 16 times I have not this year so far in the NFL. That means I am at 93.3% folks on picking winners. So obviously I know a little bit what I'm talking about. So I'm rolling with the Bengals. I think this is an easy one for them. If they don't win, it's more of them beating themselves. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm very confident in the Bengals winning this game. And then we got Washington versus the Falcons. Uh, that's coming up on Sunday, right? So a noon kickoff Sunday. It's an interesting game uh, for Washington football team fans and for the Atlanta Falcons fans. This is in Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz uh, Super Superdome. So I don't know how well Washington plays in the dome, how well their quarterback's going to play in there, um, if they have the roof retracted either. So we'll know a little bit more of that towards game time. But I think... A big game like this for Washington with a quarterback who can spread the ball around is not afraid to make make the throws he needs. Um, a defense that a suspect but has potential. And then you have an Atlanta Falcons team I'm just not sold on. I wasn't, you know, I haven't been sold on this team last year, and I'm not sold on them now. I think you have Matt Ryan who does a lot of good things. I think he's a great regular season quarterback. 
but at the end of the day, you have a very porous defense. You have a run game that we don't know what to expect. And there's just too many factors to account for. And I do think Washington can move the ball fairly well. You got Antonio Gibson running the ball. Taylor Heineke throwing the ball. That's a decent combo for this week. Like this week, that's going to probably work. I'm going to roll with the Washington football team here on the road. Seems like a big ask. But 63% of people here have that back the, the Washington football team. Um, so that to me, that's surprising, to be honest with you, because, you know, you don't always expect uh, the crowd to follow on these type of things, but the public's really like in Washington. Um, they're the favorites at minus one and a half right now on the spread. That's, there's probably going to be some movement there. Um, as we get closer to game time, I, I think you probably might see the Falcons become the favorites because they're at home. It's going to be hard for them not to be with two, one and two football teams. They really haven't wowed you. There's a couple things Taylor Heineke might do that, okay, that's that's a good start. Um, and he is type uh, a quarterback that wants to get off to a quick start. He's not accepting, you know, three and outs. He doesn't want that. So I love to see it. Um, but I don't, I'm not going to love to see this game. Not, this is not one I'm focused on. There's plenty of other games on at this time on, at noon, but I do think the Washington football team comes out on top. Um, we move on to Houston Texans versus the Buffalo Bills. And I think we all got the wool pulled over our eyes with the Houston Texans team and their, in their first win. You know, we thought, oh, maybe this is, you know, a team that can do something. Then played, you know, against the Panthers. And we really got to see how awful this team is. And how much I don't want to watch this team at all this year. Like, I don't want to see Houston Texans games. Like, keep that team away from my football, from my TV. Like, that is a bad football team. And I don't think we've seen the worst. They're so bad, 99% of people have taken the Buffalo Bills. Like, 1% of people have taken Houston Texans on the off chance that Buffalo, something bad happens, and they lose. That's not going to happen. Josh Allen's going to roll. Devlin Singletary, Zach Moss running the ball together. You know, that tandem is nasty. you got to have two backs in the NFL to be successful. Um, Any successful team has two good running backs right now. Uh, The Buffalo Bills are just a more dominant team. They're a more physical team. And especially when they're at home, it seems like this is where they're playing their best football. So I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Pretty easy here. You know, the quarterback situation in Houston is is really sketchy. Their receiver play is not good. They're not running the ball much. It's a power run style. And it just doesn't benefit this team in any way. It's It's not going to benefit them down the stretch. And I think they're going to, Houston Texans are one of those teams, their coach, he signed up for, you know, he signed, he got a bad, a bad rap with the Deshaun Watson deal. Okay. We all seen Deshaun Watson. He's got all these problems going on. He's not playing, whatever that to me. Now that means nothing because now you're irrelevant. You're a non-factor. So who's, who, who matters? Well, the guys that are actually playing, they matter. So when I'm looking at the Houston Texans team and, and the product that they're putting on the field. That's a bad product. Like, that's a bad product. So I have no faith in them this week. Buffalo Bills roll. Um, and I think they cover I think they cover the spread easily. You know, Texas are gonna be lucky to score in this game. It's a minus 16 and a half, okay? 
there's a reason for that. That is the book. The book knows what it's doing in most cases. The sports books know. They they got to clean up at the end of the night. So with the minus sixteen and a half line, they're daring you to take the Texans. Oh, it's a lot of points to get beat by, and they'll probably get beat by it. You know what I mean? Just like the last time. Oh, you know, I see someone take uh, 11 and a half points, you know, when the spread was like eight or 11 or seven, and they're buying up all these points. And I'm like, look, if you are going to take them at seven or eight, don't take them at 11. Like that didn't, that didn't justify your case or make your case any more concrete. Like it actually just blew your case up. Like that don't do stupid shit like that. Just be smart about it. Buffalo Bills are the better team. Why would you go against the better team? They have all the right weapons. You know, Stefan Diggs at receiver. Um, they they just have guys that are popping up and having those moments that keep the drives alive. And I think that's another thing that's not talked about too much with the Buffalo Bills. But they just have playmakers. Uh, guys that come out of nowhere, you don't hear about them all week, and then they're out there making plays on Sunday. And that's that type of team right now. Like, the only hope, and this is a sad thing, like, Mark Ingram is a starting running back. For the Houston Texans. And Phillip Lindsay has more rushing yards than him. With 32. Folks. We're going into the fourth week. Of the NFL season. And your lead rusher. Has 32 yards. That's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. You cannot tell me that's not a disgrace. It's a disgraceful team. And right now their organization needs to be. Needs to be kicking themselves. Someone deserves to get fired over that. Then you got Brandon Cooks, uh, receiver for the Texans, who's their only hope. He's their only good receiver. Their only one. So uh, the Buffalo Bills just have too much talent, and they're at home, and there's just no hope for the Texans. Now we're looking at uh, a game that's going to be more evenly matched, and I think we'll come down to the wire. This is Detroit Lions versus Chicago Bears. Now, Bears fans are really pissed off. Because Justin Fields got thrown into the fire. Like, he got fed to the wolves last week. We don't know how, how much psychological damage he took from that game. Don't know. I haven't talked to him. You haven't probably either. So we don't know what his head is like coming out of that game. Because he got fucked up. He didn't get beat down. He didn't get, you know... Uh, pieced up he got fucking rocked over and over and over again until the game was over and they score a measly couple points um and the detroit lions are actually a team that's playing hungry every game but they've just lost three heartbreakers you know that that game against the ravens when they got beat by that field goal and then to know that's the longest field goal in nfl history it's almost like you're destined to fail at that point. Like you can play a great second half, come back, get it to where you basically have the game won, and two plays later, you're going home with a loss. And that's the NFL. Like that's the ups and downs of the league. And right now the Lions are just in this weird place where they just took an ass beating. A uh, week prior by the pack, and now they got to take a heartbreaking loss to uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So the chemistry on this team is is either at an impasse, or they've really come together and are really ready to go kick the Bears' ass. 
I'm going to take the latter. I think the Lions are going to come together this week on the road, focused team, focused outing. I think they put it on the Bears this week. I think the Bears are still scratching their heads, trying to figure out exactly how they're going to approach this game with Justin Fields. Because I, the, the worst possible situation for them is him probably getting on a roll and something happening where he's out of the pocket and he has no protection and he takes a takes a bad shot. So I don't think they want that. I think they want him, you know, to play the Matt Nagy style of offense, you know, dink and dunk it down the field. And I think that's going to be a problem for Fields because I think Fields is wanting to get out of the pocket more, but he doesn't have the protection. And that's another thing that I think he's got to understand that's got to come to fruition is that he's, he's going to have to figure out how to work this offense because the Detroit Lions defense is not bad. They're down guys. But look at them when everybody said they were going to get rolled over by the Ravens. They they know they nowhere near got steamrolled by the Ravens. As a matter of fact, they were they were making life very difficult for Lamar Jackson and that Baltimore Ravens offense all day. All day. I see a lot of that happening again for the Bears, um, especially with a quarterback that cannot run, and now they can focus their game plan on just a quarterback who's dropping back. Makes a lot of sense this week to take the Lions to cover, but I think the Lions win outright. In the 0-3 Lions, I think they put a win up on the board. Uh, the Bears sitting at 1-2, and 47% of people have picked them, and I, I just don't think that's a team that's uh, going to come out this week to compete hard. Um, there's just so many questions, so much controversy going on there. Uh, now with them buying the Arling- Arlington Heights uh, property and, and relocating there, I just think now it's a situation where you have the Lions who are are on a path that's not good. And if you don't fix it now, there's, there's really... The hope is diminished for this team. So I think they got to come out this weekend and fire all, fire on all cylinders. I think they will. I think they have an opportunity against this Bears team. I think it's a low-scoring game. Um, but, but I think the Lions will come out on top just based on a couple key pieces. One key piece, I'll go into it a little bit with you, is DeAndre Swift running the ball. He's very skilled at picking up extra yards. Um, yards after contact he's very good at getting involved in the receiving game <clears throat> and but Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback at all you're talking about a guy who had an opportunity to go to a you know he had the opportunity he was almost there to go to a Super Bowl and he, he just couldn't do it and I think with this team now I don't feel like his confidence is shaking. I feel like he's kind of those one of those unwavering players that's just like, look, this is the situation. This is where I'm at. I'm going to try to come out here and win a football game. And I think that's what they're looking at this week. And, and I like Jared Goff's arm opposed to Justin Fields' arm. We haven't really seen Justin Fields do much besides get destroyed standing in the pocket. What, maybe a run here, a run there. That's not going to do much. If anything, you're just putting them in harm's way. And I think that if you really think the Bears are a good team, you're delusional at this point because the Lions are definitely not a good team. 
But this is one of the more even games, if not the most even game on the schedule uh, for this week. So I'm going to roll with the Lions. Give me the Lions to win that one. Then we got Carolina Panthers versus Dallas Cowboys. It's not a quick turnaround because Cowboys played Monday night. They had an easy game against the Eagles. Like, at first, you thought, well, maybe this might be a little bit hard because the Eagles are going to come on the road with a focused game plan. But then you started to see that the stage is just a little too big for Jalen Hurts, right? Stage is a little too big. He wasn't he wasn't feeling good in the pocket. He wasn't feeling fresh in the pocket. As a matter of fact, he was getting blown out of the pocket. Throwing balls to sidelines. I mean, just things that when you're seeing, you know that your quarterback's not in it. And it happens. It happens to every quarterback. But this this time it happened to Jalen Hurts. And I think now you have the Panthers coming in with Sam Darnold, who's quick release. Really smart for that. Like, more NFL quarterbacks need to know that. Like, a quicker release is going to save you a lot of headaches. So Sam Darnold's... On a Carolina Panthers team that's 3-0. The problem is they're banged up. They're banged up pretty good. On the offensive side of the ball. Now. DJ Moore did finish the game. But we still don't know how healthy he is. Christian McCaffrey. I, I just. We've seen him pull his hammy. No one touched him. You hate to see it. You hate to see a guy get hurt and no one touched him. So. Things like that make me avoid teams like when i'm seeing guys on your team get hurt no one touches them come on now so i i I can't you know and that's not a shade at mccaffrey but it's just one of those things where i'm seeing like this is your top this is your stud running back this is a guy you guys are making all this fuss about showing all these previews and he goes out there pulls a hand pulls his hammy running a fucking football because he tried to get fancy on a move you you seen what he did so now you got the cowboys this is a team that's fucking fired up right now. Playing at home again after a huge win, divisional win. They're in a letdown spot. Panthers got a great defense. They also had a couple injuries on that defense in that game. We don't know how that's going to look. Don't know how much of a factor it's going to be. It was against the Texans. We didn't really see much firepower from them. Now you see the Cowboys, ton of firepower. Two running backs, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. They can both come at you downhill. They can both get out in space and catch the ball. It's going to be a dangerous game for the Carolina Panthers defense. This could get away from them. But if they hold their ground, they can hang around. Now the Cowboys, I just think right now, with their weaponry. Like they don't even understand how good they can be. Mike McCarthy, I hate to say it, but in my opinion, he's the right coach for this job. Because you have a guy who's actually won a Super Bowl, who came from prolific offense for years, and understands how to operate a multi-talented team. With all these different weapons, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. I mean, these are all guys that can dominate on a, any given day. 
day, you know. So when they really realize their true potential, the Cowboys will be hard to beat. I don't know if they've realized their true potential yet. I don't think they realized it against the Eagles. I think what happened against the Eagles is you have a very banged up defense, an offense that's not really found their rhythm, and the Cowboys just took advantage of them. Now you have a Panthers team that has their rhythm. That even when McCaffrey went down, it still didn't phase the Panthers like you thought it could in the second half. Right? Because they played the whole second half without them. But I think this is a different game for the Panthers on the road. Um, I think they want to beat both the Texas teams. Um, I don't think they can. I think that the Cowboys are just going to score a little bit too much for them to handle. And I think that's where the end is over for them for their perfect record. Like I, I like the Panthers, but I don't like them enough to pick them in this game. And I'm not a big Cowboys fan or supporter. I'm not a cheerleader for the Cowboys. All I'm saying is they're a better team this week. And this it's a week-to-week league. And this week, I think the Cowboys are better than the Panthers. There's too many weapons. There's too many weapons for the Panthers to figure out. You know, just it's just going to be too much. Then we got Colts versus Dolphins. This is a game that should pique everybody's interest. The Colts are a good team. Uh, you know, they, they're losing tough games. The Dolphins are, are, they're so-so. But they have the quarterback situation too. That makes you wonder about them. Dolphins come in favorited. They're at home. I mean, the Dolphins fans aren't. I mean, it's not like a huge fan base. It's just not. And the Colts are used to playing in their little dome. Uh, when they get out on the open field, I don't know what they look like. Uh, it's going to be, this is a, this is a pick'em. You know, if I've ever seen a pick'em, this is it. I think the Dolphins defense is going to play very physical at home. They tend to, Make the make games more physical at home for opponents. Colts defense is pretty good. You know, we wonder about Jacoby Brissett and what he's going to look like playing against his former team. All I can tell you is the guy can play. Like, he didn't show you much from the Raiders game. Like, not enough. And the Raiders defense isn't that good. So I, it's kind of a similar situation. But you got AFC South versus AFC East. And this is a tough one, man, because Carson Wentz is it can flat out play. Like I'm not a big Carson Wentz fan, but when you watch what he's doing out there, he's definitely like the field general, Teddy Bridgewater type of quarterback. Like he's just commanding the offense, checking down his routes, getting to the open guy. He doesn't really have a favorite target. What really pushes me away from the Colts is their lack of offensive weapons. Like, just lacking talent on the offensive side of the ball. Nobody really distancing themselves and showing you that they are that guy. I, I'm a big Jonathan Taylor fan. Played for the Badgers, Big Ten football. I'm a big Jonathan Taylor fan. 
But even he's not their stud. He's not their go-to guy. Like Michael Pittman, you may think he's their go-to guy. He still doesn't have a touchdown this year. So I think it's a very difficult situation. You know, you got a banged-up Colts team, banged-up Dolphins team. I think the home field advantage gets the Dolphins right, comfortable in this game. And I think that Brissett's not going to be afraid to throw this football around. Um, He may know a little bit of this scheme. may still remember quite a bit of that from running uh, drills against this defense when he played for the Colts. Um, I think a lot of that's true, and I think the Dolphins win this game. I see 64% of the public's on them right now. That's right now. That that number will move around. But it's going to be hard to beat the Dolphins this week because they're a hungry football team. And they're not phased by not having Tua. Um, and if Tua does play, that's good. Uh, that that increases their chances, in my opinion. But with Jacoby, I, I do like the Dolphins this week. I'm going to roll with the Dolphins. Then we got the Cleveland Browns versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings at home again, right? Again, a back-to-back home uh, game. You're playing against the Cleveland Browns. Who are looking to just obliterate uh, opposing offenses with their defense right now. Their defense is just a stout defense. They're not giving up much. Um, it's going to be hard to beat the Cleveland Browns right now. It's a team that's going to be hard to beat. And it's not even the offense that worries me. It's not even the offense with Odell Beckham back and all these different things. Nick Chubb and uh, David Njuko and all these different guys. I just think you have a Vikings team that is rising to the challenge at home. But when they go on the road, they're not that good. Pretty easy to beat on the road. Hard to beat at home. Cleveland Browns. I mean, what do we really know about them on the road? Like We know they came... I believe they went to Chicago and beat the Bears. Let me double check. But I do believe they went to Chicago and beat the Bears. No, they were at home. They went to the Chiefs, almost beat the Chiefs. Then the last two they played at home. Beat the Texans, beat the Bears. So their one real challenge is against the Chiefs, right? And they played them close, 33-29. They lost, but it's a close game. They're limited on weapons, too, right? Jarvis Landry's out. He's not going to play. He's on IR. Odell Beckham's supposed to play. Willie. I mean, he's he's a finicky guy. He's, he's you know, loaded. I I don't know why risk your body, dude. You're rich. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the situation with a lot of these pro athletes. Like, if you're sort of hurt, nursing an injury, coming back from an injury, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So I think that's going to, time will tell with, with his situation. But I just don't trust this Viking scene as much as a lot of people do. Uh, it's a tough game to pick because you're really saying that the Browns who haven't won a road game can win on the road against the Vikings. And everybody's kind of downing the Vikes. 
right now. But I don't know. I don't know if that's right. I think you have to account for a lot. I think you got to understand a couple things here. Like the Vikings defense is still banged up. Got a couple pieces back, but overall they're still banged up. You got a uh, Browns defense that's pretty damn good. And uh, they're going to be looking to, you know, do some work out there. But you have a lot of guys who, I think if they were playing for the Vikings, they would make them a viable option this week. But because they're just missing guys and guys are playing banged up and so many questionable players right now, I'm going to roll with the Browns. I feel like you got to play this one safe. You don't go out on a limb to pick the Vikings this week just because they're at home. I think the Browns come in there. I think it's loud. I think it's noisy. Minnesota packs, packs a crowd. They pack a house. But I don't think it matters. I think the Browns are able to run the ball uh, at will. I think they're able to move the ball when they need to. But I they're not a start a fast starting team, but I do think they win this week. Um there's just too much stacked against the Vikings right now. They got away with beating a Seattle team who's not found their their groove yet. Right, we all can agree on that. Like that's a Seattle team that just doesn't look right. You know, the Vikings are playing everybody close. They're playing everybody close. And I think, in all reality, they play this close. But I think they're just at a disadvantage right now. Like, I think they feel comfortable being at home. But I think the Browns feel comfortable with where they're at, too. And I think the Browns are perfectly fine with going to Minnesota for this game. Next, we got Giants, Saints. This is not as easy as it looks because the Giants are not a terrible team, but they're not a good team. And Daniel Jones is just, ah, he's just struggled so much. Just struggled so much. And then you have the Saints, who with Jameis Winston, we just don't know what we're going to get. Do we get the five touchdowns? Do we get no touchdowns? This Giants defense you can't back though because right now this Giants defense is missing their lead guy Blake Martinez they got a cornerback down they're a mess right now and and these guys aren't they don't look like a face of a hungry team they look like a team that's what are they 0-3 so they look like a team that's 0-17 the way their faces are the way their expressions are the way their body language is like they're they're by the, the time they kick the ball off they're playing defeated so I think the Saints roll. I think the Saints roll here. It's not as easy as it looks, though, because there's an off chance that the Saints are in a letdown spot at home. But I'm gonna I'm gonna think that they have enough weapons with Kamara and uh, the uh, Taysom Hill combo coming out of the backfield. I think that works this week. I think it's the perfect time for that this week against the Giants. I think it works. I think it's gonna be hard for the Giants to put up a lot of points in this game and it's not because the Saints defense is good it's just because that they don't have the firepower but Daniel Jones all he can do is put the ball where where he where he got to that's all he can do after that the receivers gotta have the the uh 
explosive ability to get away. And they're not showing that they have that. And they have a lot of guys that are there that I feel like are just collecting a check. And I feel like the Saints have a lot of hungry players, a lot of hungry talent on that team. They're coming to show out. They're coming to ball out. And I think they win this game pretty pretty handily. So then we go to Titans versus the Jets. And this is another lopsided one. You know, you hate to see it if you're a Jets fan. If you're a Jets fan, you hate to see this because the Titans are going to just steamroll you. Your team's playing for nothing. Zach Wilson is a bust. He's a complete bust. Um, he's got, uh, who's he throwing it to is the other question. Like, nobody any good at receiver on that team. And the Jets' defense has just been a letdown all year. Like, it's just been a letdown. Like, forget the little hard knocks. That don't mean shit once once the game's come. That don't mean dick once the games are on. And the Jets, man, this is just a piss-poor run team. Piss-poor. Organization sucks. Management sucks. And the players, they, they're playing like their, their management. You know what I mean? So, I mean, for me, it's simple. The public, 99% of the public's on the Titans. How could you not be? The Jets are a bad football team. And they just have too much. Like, the Titans just have too much going for them. Got a couple different receivers, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, who, who are just super talented. You have Derrick Henry, best running back in the NFL. And then you got Ryan Tannehill, who's just, you know, it's just one of those guys, man, that you just give him enough time and he can pick you apart. And that's what he'll do this week. He won't need that much time to pick this defense apart. I think by the time you get to the fourth quarter, the Titans are playing a backup quarterback, giving him some reps. I, I mean that. Then you got Chiefs versus Eagles. Pissed off Eagles team going back home. But they are not good, man. Like, we were fooled by them a little. Like, kind of the same way we got fooled by the Texans. We're fooled by the Eagles. So, I think you see the Chiefs come in here. It's a pissed-off Chiefs team. You know, Andy Reid having the, the problem at home with the uh, uh, dehydration from the game and shit. Damn near, team get damn near game of stroke losing to the Chargers. Um, I think the Chiefs right to ship this week. I think they shut a lot of the doubters up. Not for long. But temporarily, because I think they will put it on the Eagles. And the Eagles at home is just, yes, they're playing better there because they had the crowd in it and everything like that. A lot of young players on the Eagles. So they, you know, they, they kind of play a little bit better um, than normal than, you know, they as opposed to the road. But I think that the Chiefs are a good road team. I think they come in here. I think they handle business. I think you got Patrick Mahomes who's looking to. Like, really find his rhythm with his team. NFL defenses are starting to figure that out, that Travis Kelsey and Tyra Killer are who he wants to throw it to. That game looks a lot different if McCole Hardman doesn't have a lot of those drops last week against the Chargers. Like, that, this game looks a lot different if uh, the Chiefs are 2-1. and one. But I think because the Chiefs are 1-2... and two, they're going to be playing hard out there to get back to 500, um, even an even record. So it would suck to be on that Eagle sideline because I think you got a hungry, pissed off, mean team coming into Philadelphia, and they're not showing any love. They are coming to roll you guys out of there. And you got a Chiefs defense that's better than the Cowboys defense, by the way, a lot better. And you know maybe you don't believe that right away. But that will play itself out uh, this Sunday. 
So we got the 3 o'clock games coming up. 3.05 p.m. locks coming up. Uh, so far, you hear my picks. We'll go over my 12 o'clock picks now. Bang, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Bengals. I got the Bengals. Washington football team versus the Falcons. Washington football team. Houston Texans versus the Buffalo Bills. I'm on the Bills. Lions versus the Bears. I'm on the Lions. Panthers. Boys. I'm on the Cowboys. Indianapolis Colts. Miami Dolphins. I'm on the Fens. Cleveland Browns. Minnesota Vikings. I'm going with the safe pick. Browns. Giants. Saints. Give me the Saints. Too talented for that Giants team right now. All banged up. Titans, Jets, this is the easiest pick of the week. This is your lock of the week, the Titans. And then Chiefs-Eagles to round out the 12 o'clock noon games. I'm rolling with the Chiefs. All right, right after this quick break, I'm going to bring you the 3 o'clock p.m. games, and we'll finish off with Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football. Welcome back to the Super Show. Preston Super Show, that is. We're going to start the 3.05 p.m. games, like at 3.05 p.m. on Sunday. We're going to start with the Cardinals and the Rams. And you got the cards on the road. Struggled a little bit last week against Jacksonville. And then you got the Rams who went toe-to-toe with the uh, defending Super Bowl champs that come out victorious. I mean, this week with Kyler Murray, with all the unknowns about the receivers for the Cardinals, and how you see guys like show up in one week and then vanish the next. I'm going with consistency. I'm siding with the Rams, Matthew Stafford, um, and in the weapons he has out there with Cooper Cup, some of these other players to throw to. I mean, it's insane. This this guy literally went from a team with nobody to throw to, to a team with all the weapons. And you see how much of a difference that made for him. Um, he's playing at the level we all expected him to play at for a long, long time. And just never really was there. Had, had glimpses of that, you know, in a postseason run. I do remember with the Lions. But for the most part, uh, it is a prolific passing game uh, in the Rams versus a Cardinals defense who just we're, we're impressed but we're still not wowed yet but we do like you know some DeAndre Hopkins we do like to see some Chase Edmonds all those things for the Cardinals are going to be good it's going to be who else steps up it's going to be the X Factor it's going to be those role players and the Rams are one of the... These are two teams that really don't need to run the ball much, but they will to establish the run and make you respect it, get those safeties moving around so they can open up the passing game. But for the most part, you're going to see an air assault. Um, There's just too much talent on the field, right? There's just going to be too much talent on the field. The Cardinals defense in the first week... You're thinking, maybe this is going to be the best defense of the year. But right now, you're seeing the holes. You're seeing the flaws. You're seeing that even with J.J. Watt, the pass rush is still not where it needs to be for the cards. 
And I think the Bird Gang comes in to L.A. thinking they could walk this team a little bit because they're 3-0 and and they're feeling good. But it, that 3-0 and compared to the Rams 3-0 is a lot different. The Rams are playing past their level of their opponent where the Cardinals have kind of been playing up to the level of their opponent. And I think the Rams are a consistent team right now. They showed us to be. I think their defense is better as well. I think you're going to have a really good game. I think this is game America's game of the week right here. Um, it should be because I think this is, a, this is going to be very close. Um, but I think the Rams defense is able to push Kyler Murray out of the pocket and into a little bit of trouble throwing the ball. I think that helps. And I think that they're going to be more than prepared for this game on offense and defense. I think the Rams come out and they win this football game. Especially being at home. If the Cardinals were at home, I think we're talking about a different story. I think we're, I think we're looking more towards the Cardinals uh, with their fans backing them. But I think, you know, risk for reward in this game. If you're looking at the Rams uh, to go ahead and win this one, 82% of the public likes the Rams. Like I said, when you got Cooper Cup out there and a running back to throw to with soft hands like Sonny Michelle, it's going to be easy to kind of pick your way through this Cardinals defense that we've seen some other teams do. So I think that is where the difference lies. It's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. The Rams are just a little bit better. I think that's all they need in this game, just be a little bit better. Then we got the Seahawks versus the 49ers. What a heartbreaking loss for the 49ers. We don't know if they've, if they've uh, recovered from that. We don't know. Seahawks, though, they took a pretty good beating. They came out on the road to Minnesota. They took a beating. Now they're on the road, coming back close to home, but not home. They're in San Francisco. And I think two road games in a row, I think this one's a loss for the Seahawks. It's going to be tough to play two on the road, Um, especially after taking a beating. When you take a beating like that to the Vikings team that you should beat, on paper. That that one stings a little bit. So I think both these teams are hurting. But I think the 49ers just have the upside. You just have the upside with the 49ers. Their defense suspect. You've seen that the pass rush wasn't there against the Packers. One sack all game. We don't know how that's going to look against the Seahawks. Offensive line is pretty good. But I feel like if the Vikings were able to get the Seahawks off their game, then the 49ers should be able to, you know, duplicate a little bit of that. And I think we see the 49ers in this one squeak out one. Um, But I think they're, I think you're going to see a good 49ers performance. I think you'll see an okay Seahawks team. But I think down the stretch, the Seahawks are falling off. They're falling apart a little bit. And uh, we'll see how cohesive this unit is, but... I think that in a lot of areas, there's just some parts of the Seahawks team I, I just am not digging very much. So we'll see how that plays out. I mean, and also, the injuries in this one are going to be huge, right? Like, the injury report for this game is very important because if you're if you're handicapping this game, and you're not just picking a winner, like you're handicapping it, then you got to know the injuries. You got to know who's out. Now, we know Lockett is questionable. Um, and we know Kittle's questionable. So those are two major pieces gone. 
And if the 49ers don't get Kittle, yes, that's hard to replace. But this is a Seahawks defense that's bending. They're bending. And the 49ers with Garoppolo, you know, with with some other pieces, they should be able to get this game. I mean, they really should. 49ers really shouldn't let this one slip them by. So I'm going to go with the 49ers here at home, uh, avenging their loss to the pack, uh, which was a heartbreaker. But they were in that game all the way. Unlike the Seahawks, who, you know, they really weren't. They were they were done. You know, when that fourth quarter hit, it was over for them. Then we have Ravens, Broncos. And the Broncos are playing lights out football all right now. They're playing lights out football right now. I think the problem for the Ravens is if you're just expecting to line up and quarterback sneak it and quarterback run it and quarterback draw and a little handoff here and a little dink and dunk here, that's going to play itself out. That's going to burn itself out. You, You squeaked one out against the Lions. You shouldn't be squeaking games out against them. The Broncos are pretty dominant right now. They're firing, man, on all cylinders. Bridgewater, field general at home, crowd behind them. I think if this game's in Baltimore, I'm on the Ravens' side, but because this game's played a mile high, I think it throws the Ravens off playing two games on the road, especially, especially because of the altitude difference. Came from Baltimore to Detroit to mile high. So I think that makes us a little bit weird for Baltimore. I don't know what the game plan is going to look like exactly. But if it looks like the game plan against the Lions, they don't win this game. And I think it will. I think a lot of it will because they're still down two running backs. They're still questionable at receiver. Just so many questions with this team. The defense, we really don't know what we're looking at yet. And with the Broncos, we know what we're getting. You know Bridgewater's coming. Like, right, you know Bridgewater's coming to play. And yes, Melvin Gordon's back there, and maybe he's not the starter. Whatever. When he's in, he's making plays, and that's all they need you to do. Uh, and then the Broncos' defense can hold their own. They're 3-0. and They would be 3-0 and if they didn't have a decent defense. That's for damn sure. It's not their offense just lighting up other teams. It, that's not what's happening out there. But with Cortland Sutton, with some of these prolific receivers... I think that's where the Broncos get ahead in this game. Unlike the Lions, they really didn't have anybody that was... Like, who? What receiver do you know for the Detroit Lions? Who? You don't. But you know Cortland, that name Cortland Sutton. You've heard that name, right? So, I think you have some opportunities this week for the Ravens to put some touchdowns on the board. But I think ultimately... The Broncos being at home, being comfortable, and having a rhythm right now is going to push them through the finish line. I think the Broncos win this game. I think they win it outright. Uh, Steelers, Packers. This should be another Sunday night football game, but it's Sunday afternoon, so we'll take it. You know, Ben Roethlisberger has not played Aaron Rodgers much since that Super Bowl. And I think for good reason. Because Ben Roethlisberger's been one of those quarterbacks who's missed a lot of time. Um, it's been a Steelers team that, since that Super Bowl, it's been a little bit of a fall uh, from grace. 
a little bit of a fall from grace since that Super Bowl. And I think you have a Steelers team that, yes, they have a good defense, but we don't know what that defense is necessarily going to look like this week on the road at Lambeau. We don't know what this offense is going to look like with an offense that's struggling to run the ball, which fits the Packers perfectly because they're not good at stopping the run. So you got a Steelers team that's not good at running the ball, playing a team that's not good at stopping the run, that's going to benefit the defense. So I like the Packers' offense right now too. Devontae Adams is unstoppable, completely unstoppable. And if you don't get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, you're going to lose. He just showed you that against the Niners. You give him 37 seconds, he'll beat you in 37 seconds. That's all he needs. So I think just knowing what we know now, I'm going to roll with the backers. And again, I'm a homer for the backers, so don't tell that don't tell me on Packers picks because that's my team, but I just don't see the Steelers being the viable option to beat the pack right now. Not with this current Steelers team. On the road, it's too early to be in desperation mode. They have a win. That was a sketchy win. And they have two losses by their own demise. But I think you have a Packers team that's got two wins where they outplayed their opponent. Um, and I think they have the one loss where they just didn't bring it in their first game. They just didn't bring it in a weird game in Jacksonville playing the Saints. I mean, it's just a weird game. And uh, and we know how those can end up. But I like the Packers this week. I think they just have so much going for them. Aaron Jones came on strong. Um, A.J. Dillon can get you the tough yards. Packers don't don't mind third downs. They look comfortable on third down. Last season they did, and this season they do. And I think that's going to be a lot of what we see from the Packers is uh, third down being the money down. And, and then converting that means wins, and then not converting that can equal in the losses as time goes. Uh, but, but I think that the Steelers are at a big disadvantage this week on the road. This is a confused team. Don't get it twisted. This is a very confused team because their identity is not known. They have weapons at receiver, but they're not getting over on anybody. And they're letting games slip by them. And Roethlisberger just cannot. Like, if he gets out of the pocket, he has to slide. Because if not, he either gets hurt or he fumbles. Like, he can't hold on to the football. He can't take a hit anymore. The backup quarterbacks for the Steelers are both bombs. And this Steelers team is like one or two games from being completely exposed for a fraudulent team. Like, they really are. So, Steelers got to be careful with how they approach this one. But I do think the Packers are just a better team all around. I mean, to special teams, to everything, they're better. And I'll even say coaching. I'll even say coaching-wise, they got better coaches. The Packers have better coaches. So we'll go into Tampa Bay versus New England Sunday night game. Getting near the end here, folks. So Tampa Bay on the road. Tom Brady playing his former team. You can make a big deal about this if you want. I don't see this as that big of a deal. You got a Patriots team that's just, right now, they're not that good. Their defense is playing their heart out, and their offense is stagnant. And they wish they had Cam Newton, kept Cam Newton right now. 
Like, they wish they did because they wouldn't be one or two if they had Cam Newton. I'll tell you that. It'd be two and one. Because Cam Newton can do things that Mac Jones is not going to do. Mac Jones is not going to run. He's not going to show you his athleticism very much. He wants to be in the pocket and he wants to be throwing it. He's a rebranded Tom Brady. Carbon copy. But the real Tom Brady's coming to town. And it doesn't matter if he's not in his prime. Because he's playing at an elite level. And as long as he's doing that and has weapons around him, he's he's going to compete at a high level. But I do think there's a lot of flaws with this Tampa Bay team where I didn't see him last year, but I see him now. And I think you have a question, Antonio Brown's toughness with him not playing. I think you have to question how long that little Tom Brady to Gronkowski thing is going to work. And then you have to question who is going to get you those tough yards. Who's going to be your real running back here? So I think a lot of that comes into play. And I think you see a lot of that in the forecast for this game. Um, does Antonio Brown play? Does does all these things I'm saying come to light? I think the Buccaneers win this game. I think they'll win this game just based on the Patriots' inability to move the football consistently. And the Buccaneers come to rise to the challenge to go three and one and to keep that you know nfc south in their in their grabs um they don't want to let the nfc south get away from them so to do that you come out here you handle your business you beat the patriots one thing you cannot deny about the buccaneers is that they're a focused football team with tom brady at the helm now bruce arians we know how he is. He wants to throw the ball around. He wants to spread the ball around. Belichick will have a game plan for that. Belichick's going to come out here trying to win this football game. But I just don't know if the Patriots have, like this current Patriots team, I just don't know if they're buying into it. I just don't know. And I, I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going to roll with the Bucks. 96% of the public's on the Bucks. Monday Night Football. It's a tough one to pick. Raiders. Chargers. I mean, what do you what do you like? What do you don't like? I like that the Raiders are a high flying offense. I don't like that the Raiders defense is getting all this buzz when they're not that good. They they've been playing a soft. They've played a little bit soft in my in my eyes. I mean, they're three and zero, but they look a little bit soft out there. Then you got the Chargers who just beat the Chiefs, but the Raiders play better on the road, in my opinion. And the Chargers, after a big win like that, this is a true letdown spot for them. I have to go with the Raiders here. I really have to side with the Derek Carr. If Jacobs plays great, if not, I mean, it is what it is. I think it's going to be an air air attack both ways. Um, But the Chargers have weapons. They don't want to go two and two. The Raiders don't want to take a loss. I think the Raiders are feeling good i don't think they're feeling great yet though i feel like this raiders team is still finding a lot out about themselves the chargers defense is pretty good too but something about this raiders team just shows me that they can score they can throw it to daryl walker they can get that ball spread around it's just going to be hard for the Chargers to stop all that and even if they do then comes the question of how does their offense look after a huge, huge win, right? How, how do they look now? Are they still relishing in the moment? 
Does it take them a half before they realize, oh shit, we're in a fight here? Like, what is that charges going to look like? So many questions. I don't like that. I like going with what we know works. Raiders are 3-0. That's worked so far. I'm not about to go against that yet. The Chargers got to show me that they can beat them. So I'm Monday Night Football, a little bit farther away than Sunday, but I'll tell you what, Raiders are my pick in that game. And then uh, how many total points do I think will be scored in Raiders versus Chargers? I think 62 points is the number we hit. And then we get to 62. So we'll recap uh, everything one more time. Jaguars, Bengals. I got the Bengals. Washington football team, Atlanta Falcons. I'm on the Washington football team. Buffalo Bills, Houston Texans. I am on the Bills at home. Detroit Lions versus Chicago Bears. I'm on the Lions. Panthers, Cowboys. I'm on the Cowboys. Colts, Dolphins. I'm on the Fins. Browns, Vikings. I'm on the Browns. Saints, Giants. I like the Saints in that one. Titans, Jets. Give me the Titans to roll. Chiefs, Eagles. Give me the Chiefs. Cards, Rams. I think the Rams handle them. Seahawks, Niners. Give me the Niners on a bounce back week at home. Ravens, Broncos. Let's not get carried away. 3-0 Broncos. I'm going with the Broncos to go 4-0. Steelers, Packers. Super Bowl rematch. Give me the Packers. Steelers haven't gotten better. Packers have. Buccaneers, Patriots. Bucks are still the defending champions. Patriots are the champions that are long gone. Give me the Bucks. Raiders, Chargers. What's there to know? What's there to go against? The only thing you can go against is yourself. I'm taking the Raiders. Total points in that game, Raiders versus Chargers. I think we hit 62 for I think 62 is a magic point. So there you have it. You have the NFL rundown for week four. And it was fun being here. Look at that. We did it in an hour's time. Great show. Felt good doing it. Felt good putting it out to you guys. Just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.